1: What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner. And they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details
2: welcome to checking in with michelle williams a production of iheart radio and the black effect my friend he's about to tell you his secret for living your best life And how it's tied to your wallet. Coming up next on Checking In with Michelle Williams. He is an internationally recognized entrepreneur, CEO, executive producer, motivational speaker, and global voice for Living Your Best Life. He has been featured by Oprah, USA Today, Huffington Post, Honey, All The Good Places, Forbes, Ebony Magazine, Black Enterprise. Y'all please welcome... Someone who is, I think, just dear to these social media streets, honey. MJ <laughs> Harris.
3: Thank you so much. I don't get warm welcomes like that every day. So I appreciate them when I do get them. You know, I got a teenager, you know, so sometimes you're the superstar that some days like, oh, it's just you. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> MJ, I've been wanting to text you or call you leading up to this day, but I said, I don't want this to be planned. I ain't going to ask you. nothing crazy. My podcast started as a result of my book checking in and all things mental health. So I talked to an array of people and I said, I want MJ to come on here and we are just going to talk about life. I love
3: it. I love it. I was so happy when I saw the email and everything like that. I was like, oh, I've listened. And I'm just like, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs)
2: Let me tell you something. We are in season two. And season two is elevation. And it's just like season one, we were being safe and cute. But season two, we are going for it. I want my listeners to know, just put MJ Harris Speaks on your Instagram, on your Facebook, MJ Harris YouTube, his page. All I know is that MJ is super transparent about everything Mm -hmm. in his life. Your start is in finance
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and how you talk about finance is just practical life.
3: Yeah. Tips.
2: Yeah. You're transparent about your upbringing, who you are as a man, a son, and now Mm. an uncle father.
3: Yes. Yes. My
2: favorite role. Come on. And so you talk to us about careers, finances. You talk to us about love and stop being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you help us all along the way and, and and I'm gonna get to it but I love that the 20 year olds and I'm gonna say the 70 year olds and beyond because my mother will be 70 really and when, and when she told me something because MJ said I said ma'am Are you serious? What are you doing? What? uh, What? Because she watches you on Facebook. And I was like, I was nervous because some of the episodes be juicy and it is what it is. And we were talking about relationships. And I said, mother, I hope you didn't catch an episode where he was talking about maybe pleasuring yourself or tools used. What are you doing? Mama's body still work. Mama still got knees. Let mama live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm clutching these bracelets. I <laughs> I don't wanna imagine although I know she and my daddy did something because yes, yes. I'm here and I'll never forget. Mama, I ain't trying to tell you cuz I know you go listen to this episode cuz this is your favorite. My daddy told me one day cuz my mother's known it, you know, her church and her brother yeah. is the bishop and we the church 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 church. My daddy said, "Don't let your mama fool you." I said,
3: it always is the church girls. It's always the church girls. Okay. Now that's how, we gonna,
2: how, that's how we're going to start this episode. The church girls do what?
3: So I'm from the church. I'm a PK, which means preacher's kid, for those of y'all who may not be familiar with that terminology. And you know, the thing is this, I grew up in the church and I can tell you that us church girls, honey, we are, I think that we are some of the best spouses you will ever have because we value commitment. We value loyalty, but we also know how to value a man. the like, wait. You understand what I'm saying? I think it's a lot to ask somebody for monogamy, but not deliver. If you're going to ask them to just focus on you, then you need to deliver in such a way that makes them not want to focus elsewhere. That's my opinion.
2: Now, now I do know you're from the East coast.
3: I am. Yep. Well, I'm originally from Texas. I'm originally from Texas. And then we moved to the East coast later in my childhood.
2: What part of Texas arlington outside of dallas you are from arlington outside of dallas which explains the southern yeah part uh of you yeah and then you move to the east coast Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. so
2: if you don't mind just how did you i guess i don't want to say how did you become you because it's so layered and it can start from any point but from arlington to baltimore to who we know as this Fireball in the most amazing way is MJ Harris. You're so transparent. I know what I think to be your story, but for those mm-hmm. that don't, the part of you from Baltimore that you were transparent about is how you lost everything practically.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And that's where we'll start from. And you had to build it back all over again and how embarrassing yeah. it was.
3: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, where my story is, you know, I was just outside of DC. So it's a little bit south of Baltimore, but just outside of the DC area. And for me, you know, I was basically going broke trying to impress people. I had my nice corporate job. I did YouTube videos on the side. I never expected this to become, you know, a business in any way, shape or form, but I did that on the side. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to impress people. You know, I had a very low self-esteem that was really the result of a childhood with a lot of trauma, abuse and so on. And so for me, I use money as a band-aid. I use spending as a source of inviting validation. I use over-giving and over-functioning and being a people pleaser with money um, as a way to, in my mind at the time, I was subconsciously trying to buy love. And I did that. And then eventually the chickens came home to roost when I was over a hundred thousand dollars in debt between multiple credit cards. I refinanced my home and I just I was in a really bad situation and I was so embarrassed about my situation, so embarrassed that I was going to file bankruptcy or do something to deal with trying to do a situation. But I was so embarrassed about it and I didn't know how to face it. And then one day I was talking to my Mm. mother and my mother said, transparency is your ultimate protection. So I decided to do a video to talk about going broke, trying to impress people. And I did it as a lesson. Just to be transparent, just put it out there. And I think if anyone ever finds out that I'm within my friend circle that, you know, what's going on, because I thought I was going to have to sell my home. I had a little condo at the time. If they find out, I'm going to be embarrassed. And so I put that out there so I could take control of it. And it was just supposed to go out to my couple of friends on Facebook. But what ended up happening was Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club and a couple of other people shared it. And about 50 million people ended up watching that video within about a month and a half. And that ended up opening the door for people to see me as a source of financial advice. I'm like, are y'all crazy? Y'all get financial advice? I'm telling y'all about my financial troubles. But what they liked was that I was so honest and open and transparent about where I was at. So For those years, I have taken the audience on a journey with me from going through having really bad financial choices to now making better choices, creating businesses. Mm -hmm. They've been with me every step of the way. So it's not that I'm consciously saying, let me be transparent. It's that this has always been the case. They have always been with you on this journey. And rather, it's the highs or the lows. I share the lessons that I'm learning within that moment, because I know if it's a lesson that's relevant for me, it should be relevant to other people.
2: Absolutely. I remember one of the videos. I think you even took us back to one of your places that you lived, the apartment mm-hmm. or the condo, and yeah. and either you were on the deck or some. I just remember, I just remember yep. you taking us back to that place. And that lesson can be for everybody when you were like, we've all been guilty of you want to spend money to impress people, and the ones you want to impress don't even like you
3: don't even like you to have them got their own financial issues in the first place, you know. And that's something that I will say is, you know, I see it in many communities. But I definitely see it heavily within our community, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl and I love the Super Bowl. I enjoy watching. But one of the things I noticed is that as the camera was panning the audience and you're seeing all these celebrities there, right? One of the things I noticed heavily was a lot of times with not every black celebrity, but with a lot of the black celebrities, they're wearing the jewelry, they're wearing the chains, they're wearing the this, they're wearing the that. And then you're panning over to some of the white celebrities and white business people, t-shirts and everything like that. I think that it is unfortunately an intrinsic part of our culture right now that We use visual displays of wealth to validate our presence in the community. I'm worth being in this space because of how I look. I'm worth being in this space because of what I have, mm. and it's unfortunate because we live in a society that has pushed us after this. I'm not trying to say we're doing it out of ignorance. We've we've done it because the fact is we want we want that credibility. We want we want a space at the table, and we, in a lot of cases we've been so reduced down, but that's how we have to get that space at the table. But my thing is, it's one thing for us to understand that; it's a whole other thing for us to say I don't want to participate in that in that particular way anymore. And so for me at this stage in my life, you know, I've been able to be financially successful with my businesses, but it's come through making some choices that in a lot of cases were counterintuitive to what I was taught growing up about money. I had to do things different if I wanted a different outcome.
2: So let's go back to our home life of money. If you don't Mm -hmm. mind. Of course. I don't want to tell your story, Mm -hmm. but you were surrounded. There was abuse and addiction if I'm not mistaken. So at the same time, we can assume what your view of money was.
3: (laughs) Yes. My view of money was when I was growing up, I remember my first financial lesson growing up was tithe 10%. Mm -hmm. That was my first money management lesson. Tithe 10% and if you can't save it. But because of what I grew up with then, I grew up watching one parent who worked their behind off to keep everything afloat and keep everything stable so there was no room for saving, um, mm. which is a very common scenario. I grew up watching another parent who battled with you know substance abuse and was functional, went to work every day, but blew through money. You know, money was a source of entertainment, not a source of, of security. Mm. And so in watching this growing up, I didn't know how to value money. You know, I thought the minute you got money, you were supposed to spend it. You get a tax refund, you spend it. You know, I was using money As I was consuming it, I didn't know. I thought that if you made 100000 in a year, you spent 100000 in a year. I thought that whatever money was something that you needed to. It's almost like cleaning your plate. You need to finish your plate. I thought that whatever was left on my plate financially, I need to finish. I need to consume it. And so I didn't learn very good lessons about money at home. And that's nothing against my parents. They taught me what they knew. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, their parents didn't teach them a lot about money. So I can't blame them. But what I can do is take responsibility at this point in my life. For saying, what is it that I'm facing? And when you're facing a foreclosure notice, when you're facing every month knowing that if you lost your job today, you'd be out in the street within a couple of weeks or a couple of months because you don't have that much savings. When you're facing these very real realities, a lot of people just came through COVID, you know, when everything was shutting down in the world, there were people who are petrified if I lose my job, what am I going to do? Because they never had the financial lessons implemented in their life to even have savings.
2: Even though I would say for everybody, it's like, when are we going to get back to normalcy again? Yeah. But your social media, you were uplifting, you were powerful. You were like, wait a minute now, make sure y'all saving. We'll get to Marco as well in a, in a few moments. Life insurance. He
4: mm-hmm. was
2: like, now is the time because yes. uh you just never know. So I do know that that is a big part of your business as well is life insurance. Yes. Which you're like, we don't have to pass the bucket for you when you pass. Like, let's yeah. get it now. And that is just something I've seen. I've even read comments under some of your posts. And I know you read them too. And you just like <laughs> this, post, baby. I remember I read something that said, why would I spend that money per month on life insurance? I'm going to die anyway. So I better enjoy And people don't realize it's just not for you, it's for your loved ones that you leave behind.
3: And life insurance can also benefit you while you're here. You know, one of the things that I learned in the life insurance industry was. When I first started out, I didn't have my own business. I was working for um, a very large, predominantly white life insurance agency in the suburbs of D.C. And they did all this advanced estate planning, which basically meant working with rich people to use life insurance to benefit them. And one of the things I kept on seeing was people were using life insurance as a way to get cash while they were alive, that they were using policies to build hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for them while they were alive. And so that was one of the things I tried to teach people about, and I still try to teach people about this, which is that if you have a heart to think about your family, life insurance is certainly something you want to have for them, but it's also something you want to have in place because you... There are significant tax advantages. There are significant advantages that you can experience while you're alive. In addition to just straight up cash that you could be taking advantage of while you're alive. You don't have to wait to die to benefit from life insurance. And that's a lesson I think that has been often overlooked within our community.
2: Yes. And y'all, I love on his website, mjharrisonline.com, as well, you can go on his link tree on his IG page and click the link in bio, but I love on his website. He's so transparent and open about everything. It's like, you gonna have a whole agency, just call it the life agency, whatever. you <laughs> need, Come on, I got you. Learning how to make money, tools to help you win. Learn how to get more followers on Instagram. Learn how to pick the right life insurance. Learn how to invest in the stock market, reduce. Come on, reduce your debt and raise your credit score. Yes, yes, Honey, I can hear MJ saying, baby, you look a little more sexy when you don't have no debt and your credit yes, score you is do, high. Yes, you do, Ain't nothing
3: yes. sexy than a man or a woman who got their money together, honey. It gives you a glow.
0: <laughs> State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future
4: yo i'm hype the black effect is live this april 27th the 2024 black effect podcast festival is headed down to atlanta's very own pullman yards last year was incredible and this year will be even more thrilling especially with nissan coming back along for the ride nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the steam fields have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture well nissan is back with the Your podcast lounge You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit BlackEffect.com slash Podcast Festival for more details.
2: Someone told me that I looked up to, they was like, T, you can live practically like a millionaire when your credit is good and you don't have a lot of debt.
3: Oh, I was just talk- I was literally just talking with Marco this morning about that. So we had a video that came out yesterday where he wanted to buy,
4: buy a car. A, um, I saw
2: it. You saw, saw it. it. You yes. saw it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Yeah. Did you like Go it? Ahead. I loved it because you was like, "You finna do what?" Yeah. Yeah. A two hundred and fifty thousand. A- who? What? Two hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars for this
3: car, and I, you know, it's a battle because you know Marco is raised different than how I was raised. I we didn't. I didn't have that option to consider those things, you know. And Marco, you know, because of his participation in, in the businesses and what he's doing, he has financial resources that's different than what I had. But I still have to be able to talk to him about. Hey, even though we have more than we than we had years ago, we start to make good choices. So the conversation we was having this morning was I was talking to him about the whole idea of using your money rather than buying luxuries buy income producing assets. So what if you were to buy a small Airbnb and then use the profit from that to then pay the car note? for that thing you want. There's nothing wrong with luxuries, but we have to reframe it. Just cause you got a nice check doesn't mean you need to go blow it on something. Buy income producing assets, and then use the income from that to buy the luxuries that you want. So just really trying to reframe his mind with the lessons I wasn't so fortunate to get when I was his age.
2: Mm, I love y'all's relationship. I love the prank that you did when you was introducing him to.
3: Oh, my God. Persephone.
2: He <laughs> did not know what to do. <laughs> y'all, MJ is a whole mood. I know the majority of y'all know him and and what we're talking about because y'all be lurking or following or just just like we all do and we enjoy and engage but y'all's relationship you taking him in has changed his life
3: and mine too and mine too in a
2: good way like i love how he had to go pass his insurance exam like three or three or four times and so and how you have his back when people try to comfort him and i remember somebody told him he shouldn't have on balenciagas or something you was like wait a minute now he does have a job
3: he does yeah He's our top team member. He's our top team member on his own, on his own. You know, One think people only see him on camera, but Marco is probably working 11 hours in some days. A light day for Marco is about eight hours. He's on the phone. He calls up clients. When people DM him by buying insurance, he calls them up. He's handling all that. You know, he went in his own pocket and pays for an assistant to help him with his paperwork now because it was too much for him. Marco works harder than I ever worked when I was selling insurance full-time.
2: Come on. And what made you go into insurance full time?
3: So for me, I was working a corporate job that I hated. I was a management consultant. I had big clients like Pepsi, Bank of America, these big, big, big corporations. And I made a nice living. You know, I was deaf. I was just just got into the six figure territory. I was doing great. But I did not like working for people who, frankly, Mm -hmm. didn't even like what they was doing. And my grandmother had been in the insurance industry since 1981. And she said, why don't you get an insurance license? Because your brother just got one and you can get one, too. And y'all can do this together. And maybe y'all can help each other out. I got into it and loved it. My brother, he focused on another business instead, which has worked out great for him. But. It just helped me out so much. And I, I, I very quickly made good money doing it. You know, I think my goal when I got into it was I wanted to earn an extra $2,750 a month because that was my paycheck after taxes every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I said, that'd be like getting a third paycheck a month and I could pay off debt, blah, blah, blah. And by my six months selling insurance, I earned $10,109 that month, which was, you know, exponentially more than what I was projecting to make. And I said, if I can do this on nights and weekends. What could I do if I did this full time? So eventually I got the courage to leave my job. And it was just the perfect thing for me. It's like I like talking mm-hmm. to people. I like helping people. And I'm very conservative in terms of my financial outlook, especially after going through what I went through. So I said, I want to do something that is virtually recession proof. And so it's the perfect marriage of financial security and doing something I'd have control over. And here we are, you know, now we are one of the largest African-American owned agency groups out there. Um, and, And so we've done very, very well, but it all started out with me just saying, let me try something different because I just wasn't satisfied with my life at that time.
2: Oh, wow. Incredible, You've seen crypto, NFT, Bitcoin, all of that we knew about just stocks. Yes. and savings 401K. Now we have all of this to consider. And y'all, by the way, he is um, not here to give us fine. I wouldn't say financial advice. there is a disclaimer where um, I appreciate it. Yeah, just at your own risk. Should we be inclusive of all of that?
3: So I will say this, Now I appreciate you giving the disclaimer about the financial advice. You know, for me, I think that every single individual has to make their choices based on what's most suitable for them. So definitely work with a licensed financial professional before you make any choice. But what I will say is just anecdotally about what I have personally, the majority of my investments, so to speak, tend to be, I'm a little bit more on the conservative side. So I probably invest like someone who's in their fifties because um, I take all the risk with my business. So I own like saving mm-hmm. bonds and things like that, not high interest kind of things i'm very conservative Um, savings
2: bonds savings (laughs) (laughs) bonds
3: i say the u.s government's not going out of business i'll be fine but in terms of crypto a friend of mine's told me full transparency he said you should get into crypto they kept talking about kept talking about it so i took about three thousand dollars and bought five different crypto things and i just had i said what should i buy they text me these ones i bought them i do nothing about them I lost about $1,000 in a week. <laughs> I regained half back at this point in time. Okay. Is that to say the crypto is not safe? I'm not saying that at all. It, it, any investment is going to fluctuate. That could happen in the stock market. I will say I don't know enough about it. And I used to be a stockbroker. I, I, had, I had those licenses. I had a business doing that. And for me, I don't know enough about the fundamentals of it to feel comfortable putting any more of my own money in it or recommending that other people do. But I am actively learning. I just had a meeting with a couple of different crypto experts to teach me more about it. Okay. Just determine, is this something that I can teach my audience? Because I know that this is something that's here to stay. And I would like to help lead the charge in educating people about it. But at this stage, as of today, I cannot say with honesty that I know enough to invest in it or promote it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm like you. I just want to invest my money in something in which I know it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Apple ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. You be all right. <laughs> Google ain't going no well. No. Way. <laughs> you know. Now I did see people say I saw something online that was like instead of buying a Louis Vuitton bag, buy some Louis Vuitton stock.
3: I agree. You know what I did at the beginning of the pandemic? What's that? And I didn't announce this. I didn't want to be perceived as me promoting anything. Okay. But I can talk about it now in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the pandemic hit. I knew that there was going to be money that was going to be made because you have to address this. So every time I saw a vaccine maker put in an application for clinical trials or do anything related to clinical trials, I bought their stocks. I bought stock in every company that was doing research around vaccines that I was aware of. There were winners, there were losers, but overall the gains were so substantial that it made up for any losers within that. So that's me. I also you know, uh, without promoting specific companies, one of the things I'm a big fan of financially is I buy a lot of REITs, real estate investment trusts. And what these are, are like shopping malls, things like that. They're owned by these companies where you can buy shares of them. Mm, and then yep. by buying shares of them when their tenants, when Macy's pays their rent that shopping mall, you're getting, you're benefiting from that. And so I do that kind of stuff. You know, I buy into things I know aren't going anywhere. Apartment buildings and
2: stadiums aren't going to go anywhere. So I buy into the companies that own those. The companies that own. Exactly. That's the key. Okay, y'all. So mm-hmm. he's given about three three financial tips because y'all, my podcast, we're going to be fun we're, and we're going to talk all things, mental health, relationships, life, joy. But when it comes to money, I want us to know, okay, so we left this knowing what to do yes. with our finances. And you don't have to wait or feel like, okay, because a lot of times, you know, we have more entrepreneurs now than ever before. Yes, versus when you're working for a company, some of your paycheck goes to your 401k. It's already set aside. But as entrepreneurs, we don't have that. So you have to mm-hmm. be intentional or let your accountant know, your CPAs know, okay, no, what are we doing here? So thank you for that.
1: Absolutely.
2: I want to switch gears here because I'm like, I can't have MJ on here. Like I said, he's all things life. So I wanted to make sure we got into attention to insurance, attention to mm-hmm. finances, but I love when you talk about relationships. I love it. And there are times where if I feel a way about something that didn't work out, y'all, y'all got to lean into a lot of stuff of what MJ says. Don't push back because you feel like he going to attack you. I mean, you know, when people say I feel attacked because you do mm-hmm. say a lot of things that are yeah. like
3: very confronting,
2: very confronting, yeah. cringeworthy, like I knew better, mm-hmm. I knew better. I feel like everybody feel like they know you. Yeah everybody, you make us yeah. feel like we know you. Yeah. And I'm like, do people ever cross the line in public? And you are like, wait a minute. Yes. Wait. <laughs> you
3: know, the thing is this, in public, I've been on camera for 15 years and I realized that, well, it'll be 15 years later this year. And I realized that, that because of how open and how personable I am, people will they feel like they know me because for people, they watch me every day in a lot of cases. And so I understand that. So I give a I give grace in that instance. I I don't it doesn't bother me at all. I, I appreciate it, you know, but I am and most people don't believe this. I'm very introverted, you know. And so with that said, it can be it's a little overwhelming for me, not because they act like they know me, but just because. That's a lot of energy sometimes when people give you that much energy. But I, I, I do my best to be as gracious as possible. I always take a picture. I never have said I don't think I've ever said no to a picture a day in my life because I appreciate it. But my natural orientation is not to be extra. You're not going to see me at parties. You don't really see me yes, in those types of settings true. at all.
2: You might see him in Malibu at um, what's the George? Jo- jo- Joffrey's. Joffrey's.
3: Yes, Joffrey's. <laughs>
2: I can't wait to come out there because I know you were like, wait a minute, child. You literally stayed in the house for two years. I, you know, when COVID hit, I
3: went into lockdown. I was on, I was kicking off a tour and they told me that we had to stop it because of COVID. And so when I got back, I shut everything down. I called up my whole team. I said, you all are not required to come in and for the foreseeable future. We were shut down long before the U.S. did it. And I moved out. To, when Mark moved here, we got a house in the desert. And we just said, we're going to get through this.
2: And and I was on lockdown. And y'all, I was like, well, I would be on lockdown if I lived where he lived too, Because it (laughs) is absolutely beautiful. And thank you for taking us on the journey of your setup. What was hilarious. You were trying to put the Buddhist statue in its correct place. Oh, yes. It was heavy as crap. You was like, wait a minute. It's really big. It's supposed to be in this direction. You got, is it a Cane Corso?
3: No, he is an American bully. He's right here sleeping on the floor. He's an American bully.
2: He's so adorable, so adorable. So, you know, as far as 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 it relates to relationships, it's like okay, he's a financial guru, an investment mm-hmm. guru, a life insurance guru, a relationship guru. Do a lot of people hit you and say like, MJ, this saved my relationship, or this gave me the courage to leave this relationship? That happened, and awesome. you've been very transparent about your own relationship stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's,
3: we get them so much. And I always tell people, but please, and, and I know you feel the same way. It's, if I don't respond, it's not that I don't want to, it's that it's impossible to because of the volume of stuff that comes in. But people write in constantly to tell me about how it helped their relationship, how they saved their relationship. One person wrote to me last week and he said, I met you in an event um, in DC seven or eight years ago on a rooftop. I didn't remember the interaction 100%. And he said, what you said to me, saved my life I, you know I was on the verge of suicide and so that happens a lot and that's why I always tell people I say I don't know that I'm an expert in anything but what I will do is give my honest opinion and hope that honest opinion resonates with you in a way that's helpful for whatever choice mm-hmm. you're
0: facing at that time
2: wow <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, this is Carrie Champion, and I'm here to announce that the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards on April 27th. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with your Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event you want to be at. You don't want to miss it because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details.
2: I do want to pivot back to when you said the young man told you that what you said saved his life. Mm -hmm. A couple months ago, you posted something, tears were coming down your face, and you mentioned you were depressed.
3: Yes, very, very.
2: And I remember if I'm not mistaken, I sent you a text and I was like, oh, my gosh, first of all, I
3: appreciate it. I'm
2: courageous for you to say that because people think you're larger than life. You are larger mm-hmm. than life. You are strong. But, yo, something happened and you were like, yeah. oh, I am depressed.
3: Yeah, I was going through a lot in my life success in any sphere, rather your success is in the public eye or your success is, mm. is in, uh, in another sphere. Success is wonderful, but success is a numbing agent. And because with all the highs of whatever your success brings you, rather it's money, rather, mm. rather it's fame, rather is mm. whatever it is, it can very much so serve to numb you to the very real stuff that you were facing before, the success and the stuff you're facing even now within it. And so I think that what ended up happening was I just was hitting a point where the things that I was numbing myself to, you know, through working and everything like that, you couldn't numb it anymore. And I realized I am burning out. I am unhappy. I need to do something. And so what I did was with Marco, I said, Hey, Marco, How would you feel if we took some time off? And so within a matter of days, we booked a trip to Hawaii. And while I was there, it was something I was going to keep very private. And I thought to myself, I said, if I'm facing this, it's my magic rule of thumb. If I'm facing this, other people are facing this. Why don't you share what you're facing so that if someone's facing it, at least they won't feel alone and you won't feel alone either. And then that who knows where we'll go with that. Unfortunately, I got an outpouring of of support. You know, I do my therapy, which is incredibly helpful. And I've made some big life changes that have created more space for me to be with me. So I've cut my work schedule back dramatically. And I've done so many things that have been in the aftermath that I've taken some very real steps to help me um, to make more time for me, to make me a priority in my life.
2: That is very commendable. Because you could have said, I got to keep chasing this. I got to keep doing this. You made certain sacrifices. Like you said, you pull back from stuff in work to put you first. There are so many people who are just chasing, 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 chasing. It's like even if you just eliminate one of the things, just one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to one of my mentors and. I was saying I am just so exhausted. I am drained. I am this. I am. That. I'm not the friendliest person when I'm exhausted. And so I'm just. Wah. And then he says, he says to me, "You make your schedule. Change it." He's like, "You are complaining about things that you are in control of. So change it." He talked to Ooh. me like I talked to y'all. And so I said, "Oh well." And so I start looking at my schedule. You know, to maybe we don't need a film five days a week. So now everything's condensed down where the crew is here three days or four days every other week. Oh, so you're perfect. filming tons of stuff in that day. i start changing things around where I have a no meetings policy. If it's not critical, then no, I don't do the meeting anymore. And I empowered my staff to now do those things. You know, um, I, I've taken some big steps to be able to create more room for me.
2: As you should, because we've seen deaths by suicide growing in in us
3: dramatically dramatically
2: can you speak to that to somebody listening right now who's like MJ that's easy for you to say but what about me
3: i got you i got you because i i will own that you know my resources provide me with some ability to change to maybe change some things in my space a little bit faster than someone who may not have the same resources but what i will say is this Choices don't cost us anything. You still have the power of choice. And one of the things I had to recognize, even within my lowest of moments, is that the way that I feel today is not the way I will feel forever. And the way that life is, that I'm experiencing life today is not the way I want to experience life forever. And I don't want to reduce mental health down to just choice, because there are real chemical factors that play into it. And some people will need intervention where maybe they get some kind of biomedical support, rather than medicine or so on, to help stabilize Mm -hmm. so they can then make whatever choices. So I get that. But what I will say is it still comes down to a choice because you have the choice to reach out for support. So what I would encourage someone to do if they were feeling in any way, questioning of uh, the value of their life would be this. I'm not gonna tell you to feel better. I'm not gonna tell you that the sun's gonna come out tomorrow. I'm not gonna tell you that right now. But what I will tell you is this you have a choice today to reach out for support. Mm. Rather that support is a therapist, reaching out through your health insurance company, rather that support is through a trusted family member or friend, rather that support is through going to Google and simply typing in your city name, suicide support. You have a choice. So I'm not going to tell you to choose to feel better because that may not feel realistic right now, but I will tell you to choose to do something different than what you're doing right now. And that is reaching out
2: for support. That's it. Because I think, too, those voices inside our head will tell you, ain't nobody going to listen to you. No one's going through what you're going through. You're alone. Mm -hmm. Or I remember feeling like, here we go again. I thought that's what people would say.
3: Yeah, exactly. 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 And what I found was through being open. And I think other people find the same thing when you're open. What happens is people reach out to you and say, I've gone through the same thing. I'm going through the same thing. This is how I got through that. This is how I helped my friend get through Mm -hmm. that. I have got no negativity. It's so funny because you say that it's like you think that you are want to get some kind of negative response. I got nothing but support because here's the reality. The people who do have negative things to say are usually the quietest ones. And that's on every issue. We are so worried about what they think about us. The most negative they frankly, are just your own subconscious thoughts. All right. And if anyone does even have thoughts that re- resemble those, those people are most likely not even in the audience of your choices, in the audience of your life. They don't say anything at all. The people who are more likely to stand up and make their presence known are the people who support you, but they don't know that you need support if you don't acknowledge what That's you're going through. So
2: That's so good. I want to end on this note. Does MJ care what people think?
3: Oh, I'm human. I, yeah, I do. I care what people think. Let me say this because people always say, you don't care what nobody think, do you? No, I'm human. I, of course I care what people think. But there's one big thing. I have trained my mind not to allow what people think about me to dictate my choices. No one will ever be relieved of caring what people think about them. And in fact, it's not healthy to not care what people think about you, because if you go into your job and don't care what anybody thinks about you, that's going to put you at risk, right? If you have a business and don't care what people think about you, then how do you make great products that are reflective of your customers' needs? You know, you have to care about what people think to some extent. There's nothing wrong with caring, where it gets an uncomfortable or unhealthy territory is when you're allowing your concerns about what people think about you to dictate your choices. So I feel fear like everybody else. I feel insecurity like anybody else. I, mm. I feel triggered like anybody else. But my work that I do is I work on not allowing those very real human emotions to guide my choices. Absolutely. And some days are better than others, but that's my focus
2: because you were so open about abuse that you suffered by a family member. And I just feel like the person has been the victim of abuse, right? But you made the choice not to stay in that mode either. Does it hurt? Yes. And I don't know, it could be, I don't know the the, the level of healing because when abuse happens, I'm sorry, but it can change the way you look at people, the way you trust, the way you love, unfortunately, unfortunately, it does. But I'm thankful that you are so willing to be open with us about your journey, the highs and the lows. Mm. Marco, don't be bringing them fast tail little girls in that house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Marco. He's somewhere.
3: He was just getting his hair. He was getting his hair cut for tomorrow. But um, he's, he's in here somewhere. But, you know, the thing with him, and I will say this, you know, Marco, I appreciate that. I have the best nephew son on earth. Yes. So I appreciate that, that he has come on this journey with me. And he's such a huge supporter. But one of the things that people don't see is that behind the scenes, Marco is probably one of my biggest if not my biggest advocate he's my biggest protector you know he's he's in the rooms that i'm in all the time and so i'll get off of a business call i was on a call the other day and i got off a call and i said that was so wonderful we see how we figured out a win win solution for everybody he says they getting out of this they get more out of this than you are i don't think this is good you need to call him back and tell him that that ain't gonna work and here's why i said what do you why do you think that is he said well if you listen what they said was this and blah 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 that and so, don't let his age or lack of life experience fool you. Yeah. He has a spirit that is just so wonderful, and I can't wait for him to be able to share more and more of it with the world. Yes, he's a normal nineteen-year-old who makes some choices that that you know I wish you know, he wouldn't make. But <laughs> at the end of the day, he is just such a wonderful being, and that's why I say he's as much a blessing to me as I am to him. It, it's it definitely goes both ways.
2: You believe in love, yeah?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. Well, I'm excited for you. I don't know what's to come, but I want love for you.
3: You know, they say ask what
2: you want, honey. So while I'm
3: talking to the world, honey, okay, she's eligible. Okay. Yeah, I got my own money, honey. And you know what I said about church girls earlier, okay? Just putting it out there. All right, honey. All right. I'm a wonderful mother father, honey. I can nurture baby. I can do what I got to do, honey. So so, so you go on ahead and hit me up, honey. My sister will forward you over. Send a picture with it, Ooh, uh, A recent one.
2: A recent. <laughs> nice photo, unfiltered. Right. <laughs> and um, he would prefer your credit score to be good. Will you work with him if they credit? If his credit ain't good,
3: so let me tell you this: I'm I'm like a loan officer. I need to know why it ain't good, okay? If you told me it went bad because you were starting a business and some things went down, that's very different than my credit screwed up just because I refused to pay my bills. You see what I'm saying? So unfortunately, I don't need your money as long as you take care of your bills. I'm good. I don't need you to take care of me, love me abundantly, but you don't have to spend on me abundantly.
2: Come on, somebody! Every now and then, he do need to spend. Amen. Why well, right. do you like my diamond? <laughs> because I do feel like when you do have your own, some people are stuffed. They don't know what do I give this man. I'm going to tell you something. TD Jake that? said it best. Well, what do I get people that have it all? He said something that blessed me. He said, What do you More. More of it. More. Say that. Say. More you more know more what it is? is. I was just having this conversation
3: the other day, and I was saying for a lot of men, independent of race, men are in a lot of ways taught to value themselves for what they can financially do for their spouses. So they are taught a value system. It's not their fault. They were taught this value system. And then when they move into their adult years, gay or straight, doesn't matter what they are, Mm -hmm. and now they are confronted with the fact that the person you fall in love with may not need you financially. And for a lot of them, they really struggle with what is my place. And so for me, what I used to do, and I will own this 100 percent I started minimizing the presence of my stuff. So I would try to what do you do? And I'm not doing much. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I would minimize myself or I would overcompensate by being too submissive in other areas to compensate for the parts where I do very well Mm in. And what I had to realize was that it is not my job to make him comfortable. It is my job to be comfortable with myself and operate in the fullness of who I am. And then a man who's ready for me will be able to deal with that or he will be able to own his insecurities and work through that. Because the thing is, we don't come perfect, but if you're willing to own that and then work through it, then that will be fine. I tell women this all the time, especially when you look at African-American women, this is the most educated group in America. So by default, you all are gonna be some of the highest earners and you all make up 92% of my audience. And I can tell you this right now, y'all are dynamic. Do not believe that somehow or another, in order to get yourself a king, that you have to reduce yourself to some subservient role, or some or some role that hides the greatness and the fullness of the life that you've worked so hard to have. Walk within your fullness and allow a man who's equally secure to come to you, so that you all can meet together. I'm going to say this. I know some people may not agree with this, but I'm going to say it may involve you expanding your dating pool beyond men. Who look like you, you know, for whatever Mm -hmm. that means for you. You know, I think that we have to be open to understanding that it's character that determines compatibility, not the color and the texture of your hair. You know, that's a lesson I've had to learn as well.
2: Basically, okay, don't dim who you are. Don't dim your light. But the word submission,
3: you know, I think about submission, though. Here's what I think about submission. Because I grew up in the church, and often what we thought about as submission when I was growing up was subservient, letting somebody, giving up control. I don't view submission in that way. I replace the word submission with vulnerability. Because when I submit to you, I'm vulnerable with you. I tell you my strengths. I tell you my development areas. I tell you my scars. I tell you my triggers. And I do that, and I listen to you, and I hear you out in that way. Submission is not about reduction. Submission is about openness so you can see the fullness of who I am to know how to love me. And that's what it comes down to is, am I being open so you can see me in my full light so you can love me in my full light? That's not about reducing myself. It's about opening myself so I don't use the word submission anymore. I use the word vulnerability.
2: Y'all, and that's why MJ checked in with us today. <laughs> I already told y'all he was going to give us everything regarding life.
4: The I do my totality.
2: best. <laughs> MJ. Come on here! <laughs> What's your
3: mother's name? What's Anita. your mother's name? Anita, Miss Anita. I appreciate you so much. I just want to make sure I told her that, and all my other best friends out there, right? You six, sixty, and ninety-six. I appreciate every last one of y'all.
2: Oh my gosh! Okay, so you've got to get on tour soon, yes, Because we yes. need the whole MJ experience, y'all. Because it's contained in this forty-seven minutes. It's not enough. It's not <laughs> enough. It's not enough. Thank you so so much. Thank you, you Thank you. I have to get off because he just. First of all, he bowled down my alley. Come on, somebody. I, I, I we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. Thank you for having
3: me on it. Thank you for making a space. You've been so open about your evolution, your growth, your mental health challenges, as well as your mental health victories, and I appreciate that so much because I will tell you the truth that you were one of the people who gave me the courage to be open and because I definitely have gone through a lot just like everyone else has, but I never chose to be open about any of my mental health challenges until my 14th year on camera. Think about that. But it was through seeing people who did this, and not only did this, but ended up being able to touch that many more people. You know, we're always so afraid that by opening up, that it's going to reduce something for us. We're going to lose out people. And to be able to see that, no, you're going to actually gain support. And I saw that. And you definitely encouraged me. And one thing Marco told me to tell you, he loves your candles. I buy them like four or five at a time. And all of them end up in his room, so I have to hide one so I can have one for myself. So your candles are burning in his room above all
2: every single day so just wait a minute and y'all mj uh, his home decor i'm excited about the expansion of that he has candles as well (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely wow mj you are a gem you are so needed you are out here saving lives as well and giving life and helping us live our best lives really in every single way in every facet. So we love you. I'm, I promise you, if you ever think if you get down and out one day and you no, we over here, we love you.
3: <laughs> and I love y'all too. Thank you so All much.
2: Right. Have a good, good, good day. Thank you for coming on in. You're welcome anytime.
3: Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm going to
2: do me a podcast one day. I'm going to have you on.
3: I guarantee you.
2: And your podcast is going to blow up and be incredible. Please come on. We need it. I'm here for it. Let's go. We'll be doing. Thank you. All right, baby.
3: All right. Bye bye.
2: Bye. You guys listen. I love me some MJ Harris. There are times where I'm like, okay, I am going to have my social media day this year. I have been pulling back on the time consumption, but I do have moments and I go to my favorite pages. MJ's page is one of them. And I just go and see what he's posted, the videos that he's posted and what is something inspiring or what is something funny that he's going to do. And he won my heart. When you have such a personality like MJ who talks all things in life, how you live, the abuse that he endured, but he was able to overcome it and have a thriving over seven figure career, you want to see more examples of people who overcome abusive homes, homes where there were addicts, homes just where there was not love. That right kind of love. Because some people, they do the best that they can. But his journey has been absolutely amazing. And I love him. That's all I can say. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Keep me posted on your thoughts about the episodes. Thank y'all so much for engaging with me on social media to let me know your thoughts. Checking in is a safe place. And I want us to be whole W-H-O-L-E. I want us to be whole in every area, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. Those are the five areas where I want us to thrive. Yeah, I want us to have fun and and live life, but I also don't want you to just have survived. I want you to have thrived. Because a lot of us have even just, if, if it wasn't for leaving home you wouldn't have survived. Okay, but now that you're not in that threatening environment anymore, what are you gonna do? And I hope this episode is like, no, you deserve to thrive. You deserve to ball out, save some coin and thrive. Build wealth and build legacy. I'm serious about this thing. I'm serious about our mental health our mental wealth. I'm serious about our financial health. I'm serious about our relational health. Uh, You know, how are we doing, you know, as it relates to love? So just know I love you and thank you for checking in. The Daily Check-In Journal is available everywhere. You can get books. I also did an audio version of my journal, The Daily Check-In, and it's been so much outpouring of love for that as well. And thank y'all again for helping us get to a season two. Okay. All right. Know that you are loved. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: at and Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews connect with that 3 hour philosophy show change the drive into work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything AT&T
2: You know that feeling when you walk into your home take a deep breath and feel new